All right, three, two, one, and we are live. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum, guys. Welcome to the Omarpreneur Live podcast, where I interview high-level Muslim entrepreneurs at the top of their game to bring you business, lifestyle, mindset, and entrepreneurship tips from an Islamic perspective. And today, I have with me none other than Sister Khawla Abtush. Assalamu alaikum, Khawla. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to have you and to kind of share with you guys a little bit about our guest today. Khawla is the founder of Dignity. And Dignity is an activewear brand. They're based in Canada, and they design and produce innovative, modest sportswear. They use fabrics with the latest technology to produce beautiful activewear, and they really focus on optimizing performance and catering to women that choose to dress modestly, whether they're Muslim or not. And they provide them an alternative to the general fitness wear industry, which is all about skin-tight leggings and you know, things that us as Muslims don't feel comfortable wearing. So I'm really excited to dive into how you created this khawla, you know, your journey as an entrepreneur and, you know, how this brand became what it is today, inshallah, mm-hmm. with the guests. So again, thank you for joining us. I'm super excited to start. My pleasure. Me too. <laughs> Bismillah. And we start off every single podcast by having the guests share their story. We want to get to know you a little bit more. So can you tell us a little bit about the journey that you went through that inspired you to create Dignity in the first place, why you chose to create this brand? Yes. Um, yeah, it's quite a journey, actually. So um, my first business actually was not Dignity. It was actually a different business. Uh, and I okay. started at 20 years old. Uh, so basically, I was never interested in business, to be honest. I was I always wanted to be either a doctor or a psychologist. <laughs> that was always wow. my plan. Uh, and uh, so I decided to, uh, to uh, I started my university. I was doing psychology uh, and uh, my mom, uh, basically she was a seamstress and she was, she was doing some uh, skirts and abayas and she wanted to uh, sell it to her community, but she had a hard time marketing it. So because I love my mom, I was like, you know what, I'm going to help you. <laughs> so I, I built a website for her. Um, I learned how to market, do an Instagram, all that. Um, but for me, it was just to help my mom. But uh, while doing that, I started having this um, spark inside of me about entre- entrepreneurship. I really loved it. And I found that I had like a natural skill towards it. Uh, but still, I didn't really consider opening something on my own at all. Uh, I was doing uh, when I finished my degree, um, I started working in a full time job, a nine to five, a very good pay, uh, very happy with my colleagues and boss. Uh, but the nine to five life, I did not like it <laughs> at all. So I would wake up at seven and would come back at home at 7 p.m. And then I would be so drained from the day that I wouldn't be able to do anything after that. I would just like stay on the couch with my husband and watch a movie. And then that's it. The day starts again you know and I really was feeling unfulfilled uh really unfulfilled um and I started thinking about business I'm like oh I actually really like business uh so what am I gonna do so I I just started saving my money so whenever whatever I got from my pay I would save it alhamdulillah I'm married so my husband was able to support us uh save 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 uh and then um Basically, during my nine to five job, um, I it was a very stressful job. So I would uh, I started being feeling very um, lethargic, like uh, loss of energy. I, I was not I didn't even have the energy or the time to cook that much. So I would uh, during lunch I would go to the cafeteria close to my job and I would just buy f- junk food there. So I started really feeling unhealthy, and, and I decided uh, that I was going to join a gym. But since I was working all day, there was no real time to go there. So I uh, started going to the gym close to my work uh, during uh, the lunch the lunch time. Right. So my work is in downtown Montreal. You know, there's so many people, and that gym is legit downtown, and uh, it was. 
uh, full of guys, mostly guys, and uh, there was literally no hijabi. So <laughs> I was the only one. I hired a nutritionist and I hired a fitness trainer, a personal trainer. So I started learning a lot about fitness uh, and health. Uh, and uh, but every time I would go, I feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> like I, I didn't have I didn't have anything to wear that was like very performing i would just wear like a regular cotton tunic uh and i would get super super hot whenever i would train um and uh most of the time i would stop my session in the middle because i was too hot my hijab would like like you know uh suffocate me i was wearing like a jersey hijab i probably don't know what it is but the girls will understand <laughs> it's the most comfortable hijab you can find and it was but it was really hot and every time i would do a CS squat or something like that i would feel like uncomfortable because you know the the fat the 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 tunic was not made to for movement so it would hug my curves so i was really uncomfortable mm -hmm. uh, i started looking into modest activewear like i just wanted to buy it for myself and i was very disappointed with what was on the market um so there is uh so that was back in 2017 there was uh, some uh, modest activewear brand but they were um, of low quality. Most of them, I actually bought all of them. They were of low quality. Um, the design was not very stylish. It was not very suiting to for my style. Like I like simple things, modern things. Um, and um, most of them were like overseas and like they had some weird designs. Um, so I felt like there was a real gap in the market. And that's why the, that's where the light bulb uh, came on. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. <laughs> I want to solve this issue because I'm sure it's not just me. I'm sure other Muslim women uh, are struggling with that. Um, so I asked around my friend, my, my sister is also involved in fitness. And she's like, yeah, I, I struggle too. Like, um, it's really hard to find good sportswear. Most of, most of the women, what they do is they go into uh, just like regular stores and let's say Nike and they would buy, they go into the men's section to buy uh, X large top from the men's section to wear. Um, so uh, yeah, that's how I got the idea. And since I already had a little background in fashion, it was kind of easy for me to design because I already learned that when I was helping my mom. Uh, and so, and alhamdulillah, I was smart enough to save money. <laughs> so I was able to uh, start on the right track. Um, yeah, that's how that's how Dignity started. That's amazing, mashallah. So through this whole journey, I mean, it starts like every every great business idea starts, which is you had a problem and you thought to yourself, do other people experience the same problem? And you reached out and you did some market research, right? You asked other people, you found out, do they struggle with the same thing that you struggle with? And they answered yes. And so you figured, why is there no solution out there? Let me create one. And that's usually how the best business ideas come about. And you started designing this yourself. So if I understand correctly, you are the one who designed all the products that you guys sell right now. Yes. So basically, I'm the one who draw, draw, uh, who do the drawings. I don't do the design in terms of pattern making. Uh, that's I actually hire designers to do okay. the pattern because it requires a lot of uh, kind of skill and knowledge and training in that. But I design the look and the the kind of the innovative um, uh, piece of it. It's me, right. and then we go. I go through uh, designers who make the patterns, and then we make samples, several samples. We test it, and then when we found that, like when we finalize everything, then we have a. A product ready to launch okay and when you when you decided to do this Khara, were you still working at that time or did you decide already you know at the very beginning that you wanted to quit and you wanted to focus on this business full-time so when did you transition to mm -hmm. entrepreneurship fully 
So I stayed, uh, no, I didn't quit right away because I would be foolish because I knew from my first business with my mom, I knew that in order to have a successful business, you actually need money. Like you have need investment into marketing and influencers. Influencers are really expensive. Uh, and even a book, if you want to do it like uh, in the, into a factory and you want to do a book production, you need uh, you know a big chunk of money because their minimums are not usually low. Um, so uh, I know I wanted to support my business through my work. And uh, so I actually stayed um, for two years. And then Alhamdulillah, Allah really blessed me with a great opportunity, which was um, I got pregnant and I got, um, basically I was able to stay home for uh, a, two years, right. uh, one, a year and a half at home while being paid. <laughs> so that was great, Alhamdulillah. Um, uh, and I, so I took that advantage to work full-time into my business um, and while being supported by my, my full-time job. So... Right. Yeah, that was great. And uh, awesome. after that, I didn't go back to work. <laughs> right. So it was a great opportunity, uh, Mashallah. So you had the maternity leave and then that gave you the space to focus on this project yes. and to grow it. That's amazing. And then what what was the point? Do you remember the moment where you decided, you know what, I'm not going back. I'm going to focus on this full time. What What was that moment like? Did something happen? Was, there, was it due to a specific event? I actually always knew. <laughs> I always knew that I wasn't going to go back uh, because so basically uh, when I when I first started uh, exploring entrepreneurship and that was because of my nine to five and I really didn't know like nine, nine to fives. I was uh, I was thinking back then to go back to school like uh, do my graduate school and everything but I'm like inshallah one day I'll have kids and I don't want to be that absent in the home so for sure I want to be like an entrepreneur so uh, once I got pregnant I had my son alhamdulillah like I knew that I wasn't going to go back like I wanted to be there for him if he's sick. Uh, I wanted to own my own time. And if I wanted to send him to daycare, I can. If I don't want, I can. So I, I knew from the beginning that I wanted the life, that lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Mashallah. So now you knew this. And when did you officially start you know, launching the product? So when did you actually go from designing it to trying to sell the product? How long did that phase take between designing and, and selling the product? Yeah, so I, I got the idea of the business in 2017, in May 2017, I remember. And mm -hmm. I launched it, uh, I launched the business um, October 31st, 2018. So about a year and a half of wow. uh, product development, yeah. Wow, yeah. So it's still, it's still a lengthy time. You really, and, and why, why do you feel like it took so much time to develop it? Is it because you're creating something from scratch versus, you know, getting a manufacturer to just resell a product? Is that why it took so long? Yeah, that's one part of it for sure. Uh, it took a long time. Um, so I, I worked with real designers. Um, they were in the States, in LA. So I'm here. So every time, uh, you know, we need to, to communicate through online and then they would sh I would send them my drawings and then they would ship me the samples and then I would modify it and then ship back. Like there's a lot of back and forth. Right. And once the design was finalized, um, there was also uh, like looking into a bulk production. So bulk production is another factor, like another manufacturer it's a manufacturer on its own and i had to find the right one there were there was like it's really hard to find a good manufacturer especially for me like i only uh choose manufacturers that are ethical and how they deal with their employees and they pay well so um it's it's you, i needed to do that research and then also like building the website i did everything on my own by the way i did wow. the on my own i so I, I did a lot of learning so then when i launched i was ready um right. and i launched uh, on a pre-order basis I didn't launch right away. Like people, uh, so basically, why that happened is because 
I spent a lot of money in product development uh, and I didn't have uh, enough to cover the full bulk production. So usually bulk production is like 300 pieces per style. So that's like a big chunk of money. So I decided to uh, kind of uh, fund it through pre-orders basically. And it took us five months of pre-orders to be able to produce and ship. Wow, okay. And how did, you, if you don't mind me asking, how did you go about you know, promoting those first initial um, pre-orders, essentially getting them? Is it just through or Instagram? Did you guys focus on advertising at all? Was it word of mouth? What was your strategy? Yeah, it was actually very organic, alhamdulillah. I think it's because uh, the nature of my, my product is very unique and people were like, it was very um, kind of innovative. So people started sharing, uh, you know. So yeah, I, I basically contacted a few of my friends online who had like a bigger following and I did lives with them. I introduced my brand. Um, I, um, yeah, it was very organic, but through Instagram mostly um, and a lot of shares. People were very happy to see uh, a product like that being launched and they wanted to support. Um, so alhamdulillah, yeah, but it, it, it was slow though. Don't don't uh, get me wrong. It was slow because obviously if, if we had the, the budget for uh, Facebook ads and uh, paying big huge influencers like that would would have helped for sure but i didn't have the budget and i was like it's okay if it's slow it's slow I, i'm just gonna start <laughs> right and i think you know starting from scratch no matter what i think every time we set goals in business we try to we're optimistic about it but it's always harder than we expect and my question to you is when you were launching this product i'm sure you had a vision about how the process would go when it came to designing and then selling the product growing the brand but of course, as you go through this journey, as entrepreneurs, we face certain challenges, certain you know roadblocks that we don't expect. What's a big challenge that you can recall maybe that you had to overcome when it came to launching Dignity mm -hmm. and, and how did you overcome it? Is there something that you can recall that you can share with us? So the first thing is what I just talked about, it was funding. Um, uh, I didn't expect uh, uh, bulk production to be that expensive. And um, it's not just bulk production, but also um, just like, expenses like daily expenses or like monthly expenses of a business it, it's a lot of it's a lot of things so like the website the marketing the photo shoot the models like everything costs obviously so uh, i had exhausted like all my savings into launching the business but i didn't have enough for uh, the book production and so alhamdulillah i thought of the idea of pre-orders and i'm very very lucky and blessed to have people who have supported me like they didn't get a product for five months and they still you know trusted <laughs> So, uh, alhamdulillah, um, yeah, it's a lot of dua, you know, trusting in, I trust a lot into my, I have a lot of trust in my product. So I know that I'm delivering something quality and people will like it. So people can feel that when you, when you, um, you talk about your products. Um, so yeah, that was the first challenge. Um, the second one uh, was, I actually didn't think that, uh, I thought that a lot of Muslims were into fitness, but um, so basically I through my maybe two years right now, uh, I figured out that like Muslim women, they like to be active. Um, they want to be active, but then there's a lot of roadblocks, sometimes a lot of mindset blocks. So I, I needed to address those and I continuously do so uh, in my social media and through my email. Like I have to always like address the blocks that a lot of uh, sisters have um, uh, when it comes to being active and uh, also the the need I need to I needed to educate them about the need of having proper 
uh, and performing modest sportswear and not just like throwing a shirt that you have or, or going to the men's section and getting a shirt. Um, right. and, and Alhamdulillah, like the, the my customers, they were back to me and they're like, oh my God, it is true. It is game changing. And I feel like I can, I'm motivated to work, work out because I have something I can throw on and I know I look good, I'm modest and I'm not gonna feel sweaty. Uh, so um, yeah, so it's something that I'm doing continuously is educating about uh, the need of modest sportswear proper ones. Right. So not only are you, not only do you have, you're kind of in a position where not only are you selling this product, but you found yourself in a position where now you have to almost, you know, encourage, you know, Muslim women or people who, women who, who seek modest wear yeah. to re-embrace fitness. Yeah. And it's almost like recreating that. How do you go about this? How do you go about this? Is it, is there a certain strategy that you employ in your branding or in your marketing? Not at all. Actually, I love that. Actually, I love that. <laughs> I, like even in my university years, I was doing halafas. Like I, I'm always, I was always very active in the community, and I loved like motivating um, like my sisters and uh, talking talking about the dean and talking about like being confident and fulfilling your your purpose in life. So for me, it's something that comes very naturally to me. So I actually love that component because it gives it life, it gives it a soul. It's not just a product, uh, you know. So I know that I'm doing and making an impact in people's lives. So I do that through um, my stories on Instagram. Uh, I'm hoping Charlie this year to to do to focus more on that, and uh, because that creates a community. Um, mm. Talk to them face to face, and they see the owner of the brand. And they kind of become your friends. You know, your customers become your friends, and they trust you more. And they would rather buy from you than from anybody else because they love you, they trust you, uh, and you're there for them. You know, so um, I love doing that. I think it's just. I think honestly, like if anybody has like a brand and can personally connect with their customers, I would highly recommend it. I completely agree because I think now people connect with people. They don't connect with brands anymore because there's just there are so many brands out there that it's like, yeah. you know, we kind of crave that human interaction again. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I noticed very much that when I went on your Instagram, that you are very much present on the Instagram, right? There's posts with yourself. You talk about yourself, you're communicating with the audience. And that's really huge in terms mm -hmm. of actually, you know, building that connection, nurturing it. They know who's behind the movement. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's interesting because for you guys as well, as you mentioned, I think it's such a great idea to build. You have this opportunity to build these communities for fitness, for Muslim women, you even have, mm -hmm the opportunity, I'm not sure if you've done it before, considered it, but even to sponsor events that are related to fitness yeah. or maybe catered to Muslim women, has, is it something that you've done before? Yeah, yeah, so uh, we've been part recently of the Modest Fitness Week. Um, it's a sister who started that, started it, uh, so it was in December and it was amazing. It was a whole week of fitness classes, live, uh, live uh, and it was, uh, the goal was to uh, kind of motivate uh, Muslim women to just start their fitness journey and uh, it was really amazing. Yeah, that's amazing, mashallah. Yeah, so that's beautiful. There is so much opportunity there, and it's almost like okay, we wanted to create a product, but now we have to create a movement, <laughs> and it's yeah. it's much bigger than that, right? Definitely. That's amazing. So let me ask you, what's in store for the future of Dignity? What do you guys have planned for 2021? What can people expect from you guys mm -hmm. in the future that you're working on? Yeah, so there's two big projects I'm working on. Um, the first one is at Leisure Wear. So uh, because uh, from my two years in business, I I noticed that a lot of women, especially moms, they're not they don't they want to work out, but they don't. And uh, so what I uh, so basically how I wanted to market to them is basically I'm creating a piece that is. Uh, good for workouts, but also good for everyday wear. Where let's say if they go to the park with their kids, they can wear 
uh, they can wear that top and they will feel comfortable. They, they will look good. It won't look too sporty, but it's going to be breathable, antibacterial. It's going to be, uh, you know, uh, allow them to do a full range of movement. You know, uh, I've experienced it myself when I go out with my son to the park. I love to run with him and feel free, but at the same time, I want to preserve my modesty. So I want to create um, those pieces. I already started creating two, inshallah. Uh, they'll be launching this year. Uh, and yeah, so that's the first part is athleisure wear. The second part is actually a huge product I wanted to do since the beginning, but I didn't have the funds. But now, inshallah, I'm going to tackle it. And it's swimwear. Oh, amazing. So there's actually a huge gap in, in modest swimwear. There's a lot of brands, but... I feel like something is missing. Uh, so there's maybe like two or three brands that, that actually have decent sport, uh, swimwear that look good. Uh, yeah. But um, the huge criticism of them is that they're not modest enough. They're very tight. Um, so I wanted to create something that uh, looks good. So the, the sisters can feel very comfortable in it, very confident in it. But at the same time, uh, uh, keep my, my core values, which is technology and innovation in the design. So, uh, yeah, I'm working on that as well this year. That's amazing, mashallah. And we actually had um, Sister Ala Al-Ghazuli, who's actually in the comments right now. She was just saying yes. Uh, so, <laughs> and she's, uh, she's actually a swimming coach and she's very active in the yeah, uh, swimming industry. Yeah, that's awesome. And she was on this podcast. She's actually part of our Omar community. And uh, we were t we had a huge discussion about that, about the lack of, you know, swimwear for Muslim women. And so I think it's definitely a gap that needs to be filled. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of a better brand to fill it than you guys, because you mm -hmm. guys are already doing, you know, the sportswear on land. So now it's time to dive to sea. Let's do yeah. this, right? <laughs> that's awesome, mashallah. So Khala, let's transition a little bit. We know we have so much beautiful information on dignity. I want to transition to a bit of questions that relate to you as an entrepreneur and entrepreneurship in general. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you, you know, going through this, this journey of building dignity to where it is today. And of course, we understand that this is just the beginning and there's more to come. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned as an entrepreneur or what are maybe the discoveries that you've made about yourself that mm -hmm. entrepreneurship has allowed you to make mm -hmm. that another profession wouldn't have necessarily maybe allowed you to do to achieve or to realize? Mm -hmm. Okay. And you can take your time. I know it's a tough question. <laughs> um, so something I discovered about myself. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, <laughs> yeah, okay, yes, I will. So basically, uh, why I love entrepreneurship so much and I really like um, advocate about it, it's because it forces you to literally look at yourself and fix your flaws <laughs> because like you are the the CEO of your business. If you are lazy, if you are not on time, if you are not disciplined, well, your business is gonna crash. Like you are the one who directs your business. So uh, yeah, I discovered like, oh, sometimes I'm not disciplined enough. You know, sometimes, um, you know, I, I, um, I don't know, like I'm, I procrastinate. You know, so I, I needed to do a lot of self development. Like I've been reading so many books. It was like improving myself so mentally, physically, uh, spiritually, um, in terms of my um, discipline. Um, so especially now that I'm a mom, inshallah, uh, my son is two years old now, very active. So I need to manage my time very well to be able to work effectively and take care of him and take care of the house like so it's i i yeah i discovered like how much uh kind of some of my flaws that i needed to work on 
And I'm so grateful about that because it's making me a better person in general. Yeah, um, right now, like I, right now, I have three memberships, like they're business memberships. So I learned so much about business, but I also have memberships like about parenting. I have a membership where I learn um, about like uh, the dean, like spirituality. So like I, I try to fix myself in every single way. And actually started yesterday um, a program called uh, Emotional Intelligence. So it works on your um, or on your brain and how you can take control of where your thoughts are. So so I can focus more. So like I'm always always improving myself, and it, I see the impact directly in my business. Like the ideas that I have, uh, the way I, I conduct my business, the decisions decisions that I make are always better when I work on myself. That's completely true, and that's actually I mean I couldn't think of a better a better statement and a, a better answer to this because. Ultimately, as an entrepreneur, especially when you're starting and you don't necessarily have a huge team and it's not, you know, a company of 500 people, your business is a reflection of you. And as you mentioned, really, your business relies upon your ideas and your ability to innovate and actually work on it. And if you don't work on your business, well, it's not like a job where you still get a paycheck at the end of two weeks. It directly reflects your in your income and in your business growth. So, I mean, that's the beauty of entrepreneurship and it's also the biggest challenge of entrepreneurship i think yeah, right like a lot of people they become entrepreneurs and they think you know i want to i, I want to start a business and i'm interested in this but it's a fleeting passion and they don't realize just how much work it takes on themselves to be able to grow as a person to be able to you know be disciplined and you know pursue self-development in a way where you are able to have these new ideas that allow you to push barriers innovate grow the business so i mean mashallah i couldn't agree more on that and i want to ask you what is if you were to just recommend here if someone was saying you know i want to i want to be an entrepreneur and i want to i'm thinking of starting my own product my own brand and if we're not even talking about e-commerce tips mm -hmm. but if we're talking about entrepreneurship what would be the three main qualities that they need to have that would allow them to succeed or increase their chances of success if you had to share with them three qualities qualities that, yeah uh, so qualities of themselves, you mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so qualities in a person that allow that allow them to be a better business owner, okay. allow them to be yeah. a better entrepreneur. So the first one I have in mind, it's not really quality, but like I want you to be passionate. Mm -hmm. Why I'm saying that is because uh, business is very challenging. Like it's the most challenging thing. Like um, way more than working a nine to five. I said because you're you're the one who makes the moves in your business. You're the ones who are going to bring income. So uh, it's very challenging, and you're gonna you're gonna encounter a lot of um, challenges coming your way. And I still do every day. Um, and if you're not passionate enough about your why, like why you're doing what you're doing, why are you starting this clothing brand or this product brand, like why? Uh, if you're not connected personally connected to it, then you might give up. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I think that's a, a huge thing to have. Like, you, you need to stop and think about your business idea and say, why do I want to pursue this business, specific business idea? Uh, and see if if you have that passion for it. For me, um, my biggest passion is not just like the clothing. Actually, it's really the impact I have on my sisters, basically, on the Muslim community. Like, I, I know I can have a huge impact uh, 
uh, towards them and especially that I'm very much like I speak a lot and um, I create a tight-knit community a lot of girls look up to me uh, and uh, for me it's like again I have so much passion for that like I know that I'm making an impact in the world um, and uh, that's what pushes me even when sometimes I just want to give up I've, this year 2020 2020 was really hard like I've encountered a lot of challenges especially in, within the manufacturer side I lost a lot of money and like um, I could have just stopped, you know, like it's a lot easier to stop. So if you don't have that strong why behind you, um, it'll be hard to continue. Right. Yeah. Totally. So that's the first one. And I agree with that because I think in those moments where, as you mentioned, like it gets so hard that you feel like you want to give up, you feel like, you know, why am I doing this? Because a lot, a lot of times it is, it is hard. Like to be honest, and I always say this to the people that I know is that you, you have to be, there, there are, there's a certain level of masochism in entrepreneurship. And what that means, what that term means as a masochist, it means someone who enjoys pain. Like you have to be, there's a certain level of being able to tolerate pain and, and endure it to be able to survive entrepreneurship yeah. because it's painful. Pain, yeah. Entrepreneurship is painful. Growing a business is painful. It's not easy. And yeah. if you don't have that passion behind it, if you don't understand why you're going through this, mm -hmm. then you'll be like, you know what? Well, the pain's not worth it. You know, I, I'd rather just be comfortable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what, what are two more that you can give us? Okay. Um, okay, let's see. Um, maybe like delayed gratification, being able to, maybe it's very related to this one, but like, yeah, being able to um, to uh, kind of accept delayed gratification, like yes. um, um, it's very important because anything else, I feel like in business, you can develop the skills, business skills. Like I didn't have business skills before, you know, I just learned and developed them. But something that you need to have is like, you're okay with the late gratification, like like waiting for for the 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 point where you can pay pay yourself, you know, uh, waiting for um, uh, saving money, saving money so that later on you invest. Um, so I think that's really really important. If you're if you want results fast, you're not gonna make it. <laughs> yeah. This is the truth. Um, nobody like I don't believe in like overnight successes. Like it, it takes time, and like and I don't believe the dignity of the success yet. Like we're just a startup where it's been two years we're growing slowly but alhamdulillah growing and i'm learning every day and uh, there might be a point where inshallah like it's gonna be super big but i don't know about that but i know that my my why is strong enough and i i will continue to work towards it and it's okay if if uh the the outcome will be much further you know i don't know when uh you know i'm gonna make it but uh yeah so i think it's a very important trait or kind of belief to have uh as an entrepreneur I completely agree. And I think it's something that we have to train in ourselves as well, uh, because when we, you know, um, when, when everything around us is, you know, instant gratification, especially in our in our in our time today, where you could really just turn on your phone, you could order food instantly, you could have the most delicious thing in front of you in a matter of minutes. Um, everything, everything we want is instant. It's fast. It's right now. It's that much harder to train that ability to mm -hmm. to, to to you really to to train yourself for delayed gratification and training yourself to be able to delay gratification, whether it's through, instead of doing instant gratification activities, like, you know, um, watching TV, playing games or things that really just trigger our dopamine level without much effort. If you do things like reading, do things like working out, yeah. working on your business and you practice doing these things more, then you train that ability a little bit more as well. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it's completely, it's so important because I think even for entrepreneurs, you know, things like reading, like working out, I always tell my students they're important, not just for 
you know, the result of, of being healthier for the result of increasing your knowledge, but to train yourself to do these activities that are not fun necessarily, yeah. right? That are not necessarily, you know, triggering your dopamine levels immediately, but they'll reward you in the end, yes. right? They're beneficial for you. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, okay, my last uh, thing awesome. that, yeah, quality that uh, an entrepreneur needs, uh, I think you this one you can develop it uh, and it's discipline. <laughs> I struggle with it. I still struggle with it. And uh, yeah, you need discipline. Like you, you, you have to make your own schedule. You need to like create your own tasks. So if you're not disciplined enough to actually follow through what you said you're gonna do, <laughs> then uh, it's it's just gonna be really hard to get things done. Um, sometimes, like you said, the tasks are boring. <laughs> like I hate accounting. <laughs> like there's things that I really don't like, but I have to do them. I have to learn them. Um, and yeah, so discipline is huge huge one i think in any success like in any field you need discipline so yeah 100 100 the ability to do the work even if you don't feel like it and that's yeah. really what discipline is about yeah. that's what it's about 100 so Khala, we're going to dive soon into some uh, audience questions but inshallah before we do that i want to ask you um just a few a few more and one of them is if someone's thinking of starting their own uh, e-commerce their own product uh, line is there is there some advice that we can give them based on the journey that you went through the experiences mm -hmm. that you now have is there some advice they can give them for someone who's thinking um you know i might want to start my own product line mm -hmm. what's some advice that we can share with them yeah the first thing do your market research it's really important like sometimes you think that there this product is really needed but it's not so you need to do your product research, uh, market research so go on different websites see who your competitors are, see how well they're doing, um, ask people around, like make sure that this is a product that is needed and that you're filling a gap, like that that you're actually like solving a problem uh, rather than just reproducing what other p uh, brands are doing. Uh, that won't work. Like it's right. important that you really find like a, like a gap or even like an, uh, improving a certain product that already exists, uh, but so you're providing a solution so that you can dis distinguish yourself not just copy like I've, I've seen some people even trying to copy our exact designs and like it's it's it, you can see it like it's a copy like it's not what it's not ours and like uh, you can see it in their mission statement like it's very weak like because it's not personal to them you know they're just trying to make money you know like oh this dignity is successful and you just copy it you know um so yeah. it, it will always happen that's fine but like if you really want to succeed, like I would say, don't copy other people. You can get inspired for sure, but try to distinguish yourself through your products and through your mission, through uh, everything that you do. Uh, I, I believe like you should, um, you should really start, try to be unique, try to solve an issue. 100%. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think that's, it's really a toxic mindset because a lot of, and I, I, I would say this almost every episode, but you know, we have sometimes some coaches even, uh, and some mentors that will tell their students that will tell people, you know, in courses, like just find someone who's successful and copy them. And that's really the thing that I hate, uh, that I hate the most. And you mentioned yourself, you can get inspired. And I mean, I tell all of my students, like do the market research. You need to do market research. If you don't do it, then, you know, you're making a big mistake, do the market research, but then create something that is unique to you, create something that is your own. You can yeah. get inspired. You can see what other people are doing that are successful, mm -hmm. but now it's time to go and have your own way of doing things. And as you mentioned, when you copy others just for the sake of copying, it never really is yours. It never feels like it's yours. And you're not going to be able to push through those hard times when they come because your why is not strong enough. 
Exactly, exactly. And honestly, like the customers, they see it. If you're a copy of some another brand, they see it. Like uh, I'm sure you know, uh, you know the brand uh, Old Hijab. I'm not. Oh yes, 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 yes. It was great. Millennial Turk, I believe. Yeah. She's great, mashallah. She's yeah. very passionate what she does. I love her. And there are other. So she she kind of created these magnets. Uh, hijab magnets um so hijab magnets exist already but like she really mentioned though like made them really nice and modern and she was the first one to launch them and then there's a bunch of other brands who kind of copied that idea exactly and then i saw comments like on their on the the, the competitors uh the people who copy like they're like oh my god why did you steal this idea from hijab? because people are so attached to to that brand uh like they they, they kind of want to protect that brand like so it's, it's like you're doing the, yourself a disservice if you're not innovative. Like you can improve on a product, that's fine, but don't just blindly yeah. copy. Uh, people see it, and you're always going to be a step behind if you do that. You're always going to be like not the original. Hundred percent. I mean, I think especially for e-commerce now, like there's there's a big culture of uh, you know drop shipping and just just start an Amazon store and takes another product that's doing well and post the same product. And I always <laughs> tell people like that doesn't work. But uh, I mean, what do you think about that? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, um, yeah, like, like I know, like my husband is involved in Amazon and stuff like that. Like, even them, like they have to, um, like, like improve on a product. Like, not just, not just put the same one because the the product who has the most reviews will win. Like, but if you're yours is a little bit different and it, it gives more value, then then you will have your own mark, like a uh, customer base. So yeah, definitely agree with that. Awesome, awesome. That's beautiful. So. I'm going to ask you one last question, then we'll dive into the audience Q&A, guys. We already got some questions coming in. So if you have any questions for Khawla or Dignity, then make sure to drop them in the comments. We'll answer them, whether it's for her as an entrepreneur or about her brand, about growing a, a product line, growing Dignity, the future of Dignity. Any question in regards to that, drop it in the comments, inshallah. Before we do, there's a question that I ask every single guest, and I'll mm -hmm. ask it for you as well. And it's if you could meet Khawla from two years ago, three years ago, who wasn't an entrepreneur just yet, right? She was still not sure about entrepreneurship. She was helping her mom. You know, she was still thinking, should I be a doctor? Or mm -hmm. uh, I believe what you said, a psychologist, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, and, and you could tell her one thing. Yeah. You could tell her one thing to kind of encourage her to drive her, something that she could keep in mind, she could hold on to. What would that be? I would say trust your gut. <laughs> um, really, like, I, I feel like sometimes whenever I don't trust my gut and I hear and uh, listen to other people's opinions, it always like leads me to not the right path. Like subhanAllah, like I, I like I feel like sometimes like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like he inspires us with these ideas. Like he want he wanted me to take on this mission, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so uh, and he gives us these ideas and sometimes you second guess yourself because you know um shaitan or like uh, self-doubt and um don't honestly don't like there's one thing that i regret not doing because i second guess myself and it's um like I, I wanted to do youtube really early on in my business so i can kind of document the journey and like now two years in i'm like why did i do that like it would have been so helpful for so many people so uh yeah don't second guess yourself if you feel like you you kind of have a calling and you have an idea just go with it go with it <laughs> awesome Love it, love it, mashallah. That's I love that. Trust your gut. So I love to ask that question because it's always little tidbits of, of gold, little golden nuggets that we can share with the audience. So I appreciate you answering that as well. Uh, we'll dive into a few audience questions if that's okay with you. Are you ready to do this? Yes. Awesome, awesome. So we got a few that are coming in, inshallah. And again, guys, there's still room for more. So if you want to drop your questions, do it in the comments. So we got two here. 
uh, from Sister Ray. And the first one is, how many designs did you have to go through before settling on the final one, especially the performance tech top, which I find amazing. So okay. let's go do that, do that one first. Um, yeah, so basically I I started uh, kind of drawing, I think I did like five different types of tops. Uh, and then I, I, I don't know, I trusted my gut and I went with the one I thought would be the most universal and the one that most mo most customers would like and the one that was the most different that was, was on the market. Uh, and, and then I went on with it. Uh, it required a little bit of sampling, like a few different samples uh, for, for the designer to actually understand because these designers are not Muslims. And when I told them it has to be long, it has to be like, they didn't get it at first, but it had, yeah, yeah, a lot of back and forth. And then alhamdulillah, uh, we settled on that. And then there was also um, the kind of fabric testing. I really tried to get the highest quality of fabrics. I'm not gonna lie, like this is, our fabric is equal or better than Lululemon fabric. So awesome. it is an expensive fabric, but I did not want to compromise on quality because I knew that uh, like in the market, there's a lot of low quality, cheap, Actually, worse. Right. So, for the people who actually want high quality, there's nothing for them. So that's where I come in. So, yeah, yeah I had to test fabric a lot until I found the right fabric sourcer, uh, and I went on with it. Alhamdulillah, you went to you know. That's it was, awesome. And it took you, a, a, as you mentioned, it was like a year, almost a year and a half of a product design, right, before you launched. And I had to learn a lot uh, about like uh, uh, sportswear technologies because sportswear is a very different ball game than like regular fashion clothing. Right. So, yeah. That's awesome. We got one more uh, from the same user, and it's when can we expect the swimmer line? Very excited for this type of product because the market is quite lacking. So, do you have any estimated date for the release, or is it just right now still being planned? Okay. So, so swimmer, I don't have a date. Uh, we're still designing, so there's still a lot of back and forth. I don't know when we're going to be like, okay, this is the one. Uh, but I, I would like it, inshallah, to be ready for. Uh, like end of April, beginning of May, because I know this is the time where people buy their swimwear. And usually swimwear is more is an expensive item because it has three parts and stuff. So I, I want to be one of the first ones to release so that people didn't buy their swimwear yet. So April, May, inshallah, for swimwear. For um, the, the, the one of the designs for the athleisure wear, which, which is going to be a jacket, I can already tell you. Uh, it's beautiful. You're going to love it, inshallah. And it's, uh, the design is ready. Um, we're just like looking through fabrics and stuff like that. So uh, like making the campaign, campaign for that takes a bit of time. So I would say like March for the athleisure, inshallah. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. We got another, we got a few more questions. There's one here uh, from another sister and she says, I love that you have your own resistance brand, uh, band that is branded. She's like, <laughs> I was looking at your website yesterday. She's like, how did you get your own resistance band if it's okay to ask? So I'm not sure if that's a manufacturing or design question, but I'll, yeah. I'll give you the floor. Yeah, I can answer that. It's actually very simple. Uh, so that was, I did those two kind of, uh, in Ramadan of last year, I wanted to give a bundle to my customers if they bought the three products together and I gave them a free resistance band. Uh, I didn't think of it as a, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna make money from it. Uh, but inshallah, like maybe next year we'll do a lot more accessories, but it's actually very simple. I'll tell you exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> you write the resistance bands, customized, and then you find, uh, you speak to a bunch of uh, manufacturer there, and manufacturers there, and then you give them your logo and they print it and they ship it to you. <laughs> it's <Okay>. very simple. <laughs> That's really kind of you to share too. So it was alibaba.com, guys. So you find the manufacturers, you can work with them to send the logo branded and, and get it done. Yeah. 
Yeah, because these, these products are already made, like they just have to put your logo on top of it. So there's not a lot of design. Yeah. yeah. Right. And this is outside of your actual product line. It's just kind of like an extra bonus that you yeah. give with the... Uh... Yeah, sometimes like even like uh, I did, like when I did the pre-orders, everybody who pre-ordered, I gave them a gift, which was like a, a cap, a fit, like a really cute cap with my logo. Awesome. So that one too, I did on Alibaba because they just put the logo on top of it. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. That's, I'm sure, really helpful for our audience. We got one more. And this one is, do you think your formal traditional education helped the way you run your business? Or do you feel like you wanted those years and should have spent them on the business instead? Ooh, that's a really good question. I like that. Yeah, good question. Um, honestly, I would say, yes, it helped. Uh, not directly through psychology. Of, wait, there is a bit of psychology of selling. Like, I understand it very well. But um, I say what I, what, what I really got from my education is uh, the learning mindset, like the growth mindset. I can always learn something I don't know. Um, the discipline to wake up, to go to, to class, you know, even if you don't like it. Um, the analytic mind, like like as, like in psychology or anywhere in university, you always have to do essays and analyze. Like all of these, like help you uh, develop these um, neuro, <laughs> like a neuron pathways, like to strengthen your analytical mind, so you can think, you can be critical. You don't just accept other people's opinions just because or whatever you read. So I I think it helped me in that way. And also during my university years, I was extremely involved in my uh, MSA. I was like part of it, meetings. So uh, uh, I was very active in charity work. So uh, actually before um, university, I was actually a very shy girl. Like I wouldn't do speeches, <laughs> but in university, because I was like a leader of the community there, I forced myself and I learned public speaking and I did gave halakas and even like in front of a huge audience and it really uh, boosted my confidence and uh, my uh, ability to express myself in front of a big audience. Um, uh, we also did a lot of projects like uh, uh, charity work. Um, we did like uh, what is it called uh, Islamic Awareness Week, so we had to like had to like organize it. So I learned a lot of organizing skills and meetings in meetings, like how to run a meeting, like. I learned so much through my extracurricular activities of university. Mm -hmm. So I think it's these skills that you learn through any field that you go, uh, that you study, that are going to help you in entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is like, you need so many skills. Right. <laughs> you, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's how, like not directly from the knowledge of the books that I read, like in psychology, but mostly through the skills I earned. That's amazing, Michelle. And it's, it's an interesting perspective in that it helped nurture your your character and build up abilities that you now you know can leverage in entrepreneurship yeah exactly that's awesome if you if you could take if you could rewind would you still do the same path or would you start your business earlier mm, if yeah i would start with early obviously <laughs> yeah really? okay wow awesome yeah, yeah. yeah like basically like my path like through psychology and all that like has led me to find myself in business but if i already found myself in business before then yes, obviously, because I would have gained more experience. Yeah. Shout out to all my dropouts out there. I'm the first one. <laughs> no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm a college dropout, so now I'm offended. So I'm kidding. <laughs> like I'm saying, like, it actually, like, if you don't know, let's say you're right now, you don't know what you want to do and, like, you want to pursue a certain, um, like, degree, like, go ahead. Like, because you're going to learn, I'm telling you, other skills, like, that you might, you know, that you would need in your uh, entrepreneurship journey. So, but yeah, starting early is very good in business because you're gonna learn so much and there's so much to learn. Like I'm always like always learning. So yeah. 
Awesome. Alhamdulillah. So, I mean, it's, it's a good way to see it for me. It was like, I, you know, I knew at the beginning, I'm like, you know, business is what I wanted to do. I had already started and I'm like, okay, you know what, let me just kind of do this full time. But I also agree that I think unless you really have a solid plan and you know what it is you're doing, then you should just keep, you know, going on that path until it's very clear that the other one is, is your life's calling. And it's really, uh, what you, what you want to do and what you're passionate about and what you're okay doing for the rest of your life. Cause it's a big decision ultimately. Right. Yeah. I want to add something to that. Actually. Um, I don't want you to just like, okay, do university work, but then wait for the ideas to come, wait for yeah. this spark to come. No, don't do that. <laughs> it's not going to work. You have yeah. to uh, actively pursuing uh, that. You have to sit down. Me, I, I, I filled out so many notebooks. Like I would sit down and I'm like, what's my purpose in life? And <laughs> really, right. like I just write whatever comes to my brain. And like uh, I would speak to Allah, make dua, guide me, like, um, you, I tried doing the thing with my mom. Like I, I had to dabble into many things. Like I worked at the hospital a little bit. Like I needed to dabble into many things to be able to find myself. So be active in pursuing in, in trying to find your calling. Don't just sit down, sit and do nothing. Right, hundred percent. I agree. And I think even if you are going down that path, I mean, because a lot of it's a good it's a good clarification to make because a lot of people always you know see see it as it's all or nothing. As in, yeah. I'm either doing business or I'm doing my job, or I'm either doing business or I'm pursuing my studies. But you know, if you're not serious enough to use your free time already to work on these ideas, to you know, brainstorm, to develop certain ideas, to start working on your business, then chances are it's not free time that you need. It's it's discipline and perseverance, or maybe you're just not passionate enough, and it's just something that you think you want, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I agree. I think if you can't leverage your current situation, then you know, do that first <laughs> before you take the leap. Yeah. 100%. So honestly, Khala, this was an amazing episode. We had awesome questions from the audience and you've shared so much value that I'm sure anyone that, you know, is an entrepreneur or is aspiring to be one or is maybe even thinking of starting a product line can benefit from. How can people connect with you, connect with Dignity, support you guys, you know, buy your products, be part of the movement? Yeah, so uh, I'm uh, so our website is dignity.com, D-I-G-N-I-T-I-I.com. Um, and uh, my social media handles are at dignity, same thing, D-I-G-N-I-T-I-I. I also recently opened my own personal account where I'm going to be speaking about self-development because it's something that I love. Uh, so you can follow me on there too. So it's my name, Khaula, K-H-A-O-U-L-A. Um, is it right away? I forgot my handle. <laughs> Right we'll drop it in the comments though because yeah. we, we, we always share all the links in the comments yeah. so guys don't worry about it find it in the description of wherever platform you're looking at whether it's youtube spotify etc we'll make sure to have it in the comments yeah. and awesome. i'm writing my youtube like i'm actually doing it <laughs> awesome. i want a quick quick little tidbit i want to ask you about that we're actually we're starting to, to be on youtube as well um what, what is the approach that you're taking are you going to be releasing videos in regards to dignity in regards to yourself as an entrepreneur what's the plans what can people expect from your youtube channel yeah so um i think uh with the general the general advice that i heard from uh, when you start a youtuber uh, youtube you need to make give a lot of value so people can just come because usually people will just like um search something and then they want to get right. the value and leave uh right. so as, as, as a kind of a newbie youtuber i'm going to do a lot of value based uh, videos like how to's and working on your mindset working on your discipline i already have a video about productivity i did like a few months ago just to try it out um so yeah a lot of self-development uh so i'm going to tackle spiritual 
mental and physical. And uh, as I go along, I'm gonna be vlogging like my experience uh, of entrepreneurship, like and how I'm building dignity. So yeah. So how, where can people? How what's the channel called? How can people find you? It's a thing. My name, uh, yeah. So Khawla ABT. Okay, Khawla ABT guys, we'll drop it in the comments, inshallah, and we'll share the link to Dignity. Make sure to support them. Make sure that if you are someone or know someone who is a Muslim sister or even just someone who wants to dress more modestly and work out, that you refer them to Dignity. Their work is amazing. Their product is amazing. And the quality is amazing. And this is the founder that you've just met now on this podcast. Khawla, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Honestly, I really enjoyed our talk. Alhamdulillah, me as well, and I'm sure the audience as well. And guys, as always, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere, make sure to subscribe, follow us. And if you haven't already, join our group. It'll also be in the comments. We'll see you next week. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam.